Welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. Our mission is to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others. The greatest gift for you and me, the greatest gift for humanity, the greatest gift for all to see. Welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. I'm your host, Lyndon Batiste, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to bring inspiration, hope, and love into your lives. As you know, we believe that love is the evolution of humanity. We are here on this earth to grow in love, to become the physical embodiment of it, and in that we become as gods. We experience God and others get the opportunity to experience the divine as well. And you know, love is not a weak or timid or passive force, but it's aggressive. It's intentional. It's purposeful. And it creates change. Sometimes it even creates havoc. But the goal is the upliftment of all of humanity, of all of God's creation. And I believe that that's what we're here on this earth to experience. And that's what the Gift of Love broadcast is all about. Today, I want to interrupt my series with uh, to share something that's on my heart. Currently, we are in the series Lessons from My Father. But there's a heaviness on my heart that I want to share today that I just couldn't wait. And I wanted to go ahead and share it with you. Uh, many of you know and you've seen the, the, the national case of dealing with the young man Ahmad Arbery. And there is such a heaviness on my heart from this case. I remember first hearing about it and my thought was, my initial thought was, here we go again. And I admit, um, I guess there's a certain desensitization to it in me as a black man um, to racism and prejudice. There, there's a part of me that has accepted it, that that knows it's there, that's that knows it's going to happen. And I just have to learn how to navigate that and survive that reality. However, when the video began to circulate of the incident where Ahmad Arbery lost his life, my heart broke and my spirit was shattered. And this was something that I couldn't simply sweep off you know, to the side and, and keep moving as if it never happened. And as we continue to reflect on what happened, I remember my wife coming to me and she asked me to look at our boys. And she said, you see how beautiful and how innocent and how pure and how creative and and how full of life and, and filled with so much potential. She said, I wonder when will the world begin to view them as a threat? When will the world begin to view them as predators and as inferior and as less than and less deserving of our love and our high expectations simply because they're black boys and at that point again the heaviness and the weight of all of this just continued to sit on me and I want to say something before I go any further just to kind of shift gears here there is this sentiment within 
the religious sector and 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 and, and spirituality and religious thinkers that you know we shouldn't talk about these types of issues because uh, social political realities don't necessarily fall into our our realm of of expertise if you will but i totally disagree with that for two reasons number one there's absolutely no way you can read the bible from beginning to end and not come to the conclusion that God is a God that intervenes in the affairs of humanity, not simply their spiritual affairs, but but even their social political realities. When you talk about Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph is a political figure, essentially. Yes, God is working in and through him, but he's a political figure. Talk about King David. Let's talk about King Solomon. These are political figures or even uh, uh, the prophet uh, Samuel, the last of the judges. When we talk about the great prophets, prophets, the Isaiah's and the Jeremiah's and the Ezekiel's, in many cases, their words, what they are speaking and who they are speaking to are sociopolitical realities. They are speaking to the kings and the rulers of their day they're not simply in church and 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 and, and praising the holy ghost and and, and and praying for you know everyone to to get to heaven as soon as possible they are speaking to the to the political leaders and they're speaking to the social political conditions of their day when we talk about daniel daniel in the lion's den everyone knows that story but what you may not have known is that daniel is a governor in babylon He's a governor and he was thrown into the lion's den for civil disobedience. Yes, the king announced an edict uh, forbidding anyone of, of worshiping uh, the God of the Jews, um, Jehovah, Yahweh. And Daniel was in outright protest of this and outwardly began to worship God. And that's why and that's how we get to the story of Daniel in the lion's den. When you talk about the Old Testament and why the children of Israel are being berated in the book of Isaiah. It is because God is unhappy with their injustice. He is unhappy with their hypocrisy and their unwillingness, their inability to obey the commandments of God, which influence, which is supposed to influence them to practice love and peace and justice amongst their brethren. It is a socio-political book. There's no way around it, in my opinion. Secondly, the reason why I disagree with that is because if you are in the religious sector, a spiritual thinker, religious thinker, you care about people. You're in it to serve people. And there's absolutely no way, in my opinion, you can serve people and turn a, and turn a blind eye to the conditions of which make them often show up to your facility or your 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 religious program seeking hope seeking happiness seeking joy to which many of them do not have it as a result of the social political con conditions that they're experiencing in their daily lives 
Yes, I know many people are coming to church because they're downtrodden and they're and they're beaten down by society. And guess what that beaten down looks like? What what that bat looks like? It looks like racism. It looks like prejudice. It looks like injustice. It looks like bias. It looks like uh, uh, nepotism. It looks like every ism you can possibly think of that subjugates and diminishes the humanity of others. And if you are here to serve people, there's absolutely no way to have this great schism between between spirituality and the sociopolitical realities of the people that we serve. And I thought about that as I as I reflected on Ahmaud Arbery, this tragic incident where I do believe that racism and prejudice and bias played a part. And my hope today is as as we reflect on this, is that all of us together, we think of ways to continue to fight the social ills and the evils that diminish our humanity, our world, and our potential to, to evolve into heaven on earth. I believe ultimately, and it's in, the, in, in what we call the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think we have it backwards sometimes, which is that we're focused on heaven, and Jesus came saying that he's focused on earth. <laughs> Jesus says this is what you should pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven not that we pray that somehow we all get out of here as quickly as possible and get to heaven well you know what I believe I believe in heaven there is justice there there are no biases I believe that there is no marginalization I believe there is no redlining I believe that there is no subjugation of a people for the color of their skin or because of their gender gender or sexual orientation yes I said that and I believe that as as Spike Lee would say we have to wake up continue to wake up daily and find ways to fight in our own context in our own place because you know why my two black boys, your black boys, your black young black girls, your, your young brown girls, anyone who is of an oppressed and marginalized group, they deserve, they deserve to live in a world where they are not diminished, especially for something that is outside of their control, simply genetic lottery. My children did, didn't choose to be black. <laughs> and you know what? Ahmaud Arbery didn't choose to be black either. But unfortunately, being born black creates a disadvantage on so many levels. And it's just the fact of the matter. And at some point, you just get tired of it. You get fed up with it. And, and, and honestly, you're tired of, 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 of being, quote unquote, obedient in the midst of it. I saw another video today that you may have seen uh, that has gone viral and there is this gentleman who is simply dropping off a package and and he's in this apparently uh, a gated community, uh, predominantly white community. And while he's dropping off this package as a as a professional worker, he's blocked in by two white men who are asking him why he's in the neighborhood. And he's videotaping this and they're calling the cops on him simply because they want to know why he's in the neighborhood. And I began reading some of the comments and you have all these people on there saying, you know, good job for staying professional and good job for not losing your cool kudos to you for for remaining professional. And I couldn't help but read that and say, you know what? We're tired of just simply 
remaining professional and being quote unquote obedient when we're being harassed, when we're being hunted down in the street and killed simply for being black. Racism is a sickness. Discrimination is a sickness. And it is something that I do believe. I do believe that our spiritual leaders, our, our faith should have something to say about in order to uproot the superiority complex and the inferiority complex that creates these realities where some of us are unable to reach our full potential and experience life in the way that God intended. I want to encourage everyone to not simply pray. We, we do a lot of praying, but to find ways to become more involved, support organizations that are fighting for social justice and inclusion. And in every sector, this has to happen. This has to continue to happen in corporate America. This has to continue to happen in professional sports. The Rooney Rule was updated today. I, I haven't read all of it, but, you know, and, and, and if you're not familiar with the Rooney Rule, but this is a this is a policy within NFL that is forcing owners to diversify um, uh, executive leadership within the NFL ranks. And we need this in every sector of American life where black and brown folk are given the opportunity to excel. And to simply and even in, and in some cases, we're just asking to be to, to, to be allowed to sit at the table. <laughs> just give us opportunity. Open the door. And at the very least, don't hunt us, hunt us down in the streets. As a black man, I want to share this quickly. I've experienced racism before. And at this age, I know how to navigate. I believe I know how to navigate racism. I know where not to go. I know how to be careful. I know how to not look, quote unquote, suspicious. I know what things to say and what not to say because I know that it's going to be perceived different from me because I am black. Even though I have absolutely no criminal record, I have a master's degree and working on a second, <laughs> even though I've done everything right at least in my opinion in terms of my civic duty up until this point in my life i vote you know i help people i've worked in nonprofit organizations i still know that there's the potential that i will not get the benefit of the doubt however the thought that my kids have to live that reality as well in 2020 and beyond and the fact that ahmad arbery in 2020 had to experience something that looked like a scene out of out of out of the 40s or 50s post reconstruction Jim Crow that is troubling and I think that should be a call for all of us to find our place in this fight and you know what that's what love is your greatest gift is really about I'm pretty sure that when you see the title gift of love broadcast you think we're talking about you know kumbaya moments and us coming together and you know coming together he's got the whole world in his hands but you know what? I view love as a creative and 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 almost destructive force at times, destroying evil when it comes in its path. Yes, let's 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 reject the Hollywoodization, if that be a word, of Jesus where where we see Jesus who is sort of floating around first century Palestine and he's soft spoken. 
and he's and he's led to the slaughter not opening his mouth as a gentle lamb let's 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 look at the jesus who confronts the religious leaders of his day who are in fact in many cases the most powerful leaders of the day because of the the esteem and the and the position of religious leaders during that time he is confronting the social political powers the religious powers of his day he calls them children of satan he says they are whitewashed tombs pretty on the outside but but dead and full of bones on the inside we have a jesus that goes into the into the temple which is the epicenter of jewish life at at the time and he turns over the money changers and he begins yelling at the people telling them that they have made god's house a den of thieves and once in one passage in one translation or or, or one uh a uh, story one one depiction of this he literally is he takes the whip and he's 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 and he's and he's flagging it around i mean he's angry full of full of you may call it holy anger but you know what it's just anger and you know what? That's what love is. Love is being inspired to change, even if it means confrontation, even if it means resistance, even if it means civil disobedience like Daniel. That's what love is your greatest gift is all about. It's about pushing humanity forward. And I believe in the spirit and in the name of Ahmad Arbery, we have to continue to push our world forward further. Those who experience injustice, those who experience discrimination, should not do so in vain. And I hope that you'll join me in our quest to continue to make this world a divine place. A place where justice rolls down like streams of water. A place where all of humanity... And all of our expressions of it are celebrated, are acknowledged, and are given the benefit of the doubt. Please remember that love is your greatest gift. Love on somebody today. Love on your children. And commit to loving better. Amen. You and-